This is a Snow Day Podcast Extra, dedicated to Vic Lowen. If you don't know Vic, this one might not be for you. This whole episode is the Snow Day Podcast family sharing memories of Vic. Snow Day, I'm hoping for a snow day, I want to sleep the day away. Good afternoon. <laughs> Guy, it's Bruce, how are you? Uh, a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You've... This isn't your first rodeo. There's nothing to be nervous about. Hey, Bruce, you can always fall off on your second rodeo. <laughs> How many other people are coming on? Uh, well, Leslie, George, Stephen, and I each did a little bit before. Todd Harwood's going to do a piece. My sister's going to do a little bit. Yeah. Do you want to start right away? Sure. I'm with Guy Hansen. Guy, you were a teacher with Vic. You guys had classrooms beside each other. So how about if we start there? Do you have some memories of uh, working with Vic at Artie Parker? Well, of course I do. We started the same year, Vic and I. I think it was 69, a long, long time ago. We were both new to Thompson. He knew his stuff. He was good to work with. He was very straightforward. You know, Vic was a very strong person. He didn't push, push around anything. He didn't uh, pester people, but uh, he did not suffer fools gladly either. And that's what his classroom was like. It was well-organized, straightforward. The kids knew how well or how well they were not doing. Things ran smoothly. Vic had high standards about everything, David. Even his cars. His cars were always clean and washed. <laughs> and they were always faster than mine. They used to piss me off. Yeah, he enjoyed his... He had, he had some nice Ford trucks. He bought, bought super cabs, and he had a big plywood back box on the on the back of the first one, and took his family up the Alaska Highway. Uh, came back telling stories about how he caught the trout in the mountain streams and and cooked his trout on uh, cedar that just glowed and it was such good eat. I thought I'd done really well catching the pickerel at Paint Lake and cooking it on old spruce, but <laughs> well, he, he outgunned me a little bit. I started to tell you that he was a strong character. Vic was. Uh, negotiating our salaries for the Thompson Teachers Association very early on in his career, which is, you know, you don't want to go nose-to-nose -nose with your employer until you're well-known in the community. But Vic, Vic jumped the gun and, and headed out. And it wasn't very long before, there was a couple of years, Vic stood up in front of us and he said, you know, we're making a real mistake here. We're all early teachers, we're all young teachers, and we're all at the bottom of the pay scale. We should be really increasing the salaries up at the top end after 10 years of experience. Um, the board won't mind doing that because there's nobody up there. And then one day we're all going to be up there. We're going to get these good salaries. And, and he was right. Thompson actually led the province for a lot of years with regards to that. That was really significant. And I know that everybody else has forgotten it, but I haven't. Wow. And Thompson teachers are still set up well. And uh, I guess I didn't even realize that he had that big a, a role in uh, yeah, looking into did. the future. He did. Uh, even when it was going on, I don't, I don't know that most people understood the, the background of it all. You know what his nickname name was, do you, Bruce? I, I'm going to say no to that. Oh, you're afraid to say yes? <laughs> I am. Among his colleagues, maybe not among the students. His name was Victor, right? Yeah. And so his nickname was a takeoff on that. We called, we used to call him the vicar. <laughs> Here comes the vicar. The vicar is going to bring beer to the party. Good time. 
Well, and he liked to put on a spread and he liked to have some fun. And I know that your families and all of our families together hung around. So you spent time with him, obviously lots of time at work, but you spent some fair bit of time with their family outside of work. Um, my first trip, fishing trips on the river were with Vic. Uh, he had, uh, he'd, he'd gone out and talked his wife into letting him get a brand new four horse Mercury in a canoe. We went upstream <laughs> on the burnt where the burnt wood was lazy. Then it wasn't, it didn't have all that extra water in it. I remember we came around one corner and, uh, damn, what was that? What were we looking at? Uh, and I said, Vic, Vic, we got to put to shore here. This is a, I, we found a still, we found a commercial still operating right beside Thompson. What? But it wasn't a still. It had all the makings of a still. Somebody was diamond drilling there, uh, exploring. It could have been turned into a still, but it wasn't. So <laughs> after a few moments of excitement, we had to. One of the saddest moments of your life. Yeah. Some I wonder if Paint Lake will miss, miss Vic as much as he misses Paint Lake. See? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> he loves Paint Lake. He really, he really did. I mean, they had their cottage setting, but uh, he knew Paint Lake as well as anybody did and spent a lot of time out there fishing. And I mean, that's some of my s- strongest, fondest memories of him are, are them on the dock at our place, um, you know, having a fish fry with my parents and everybody hanging out on the beach. And it seemed like a pretty happy place to be. He, he always managed to talk his wife into letting him buy a new boat and motor. Uh, and he bought good ones. He always bought Mercury's, eh? Like those those black motors and he'd buy them new. Right. They did always have uh, a good working boat because that was important and uh, and lots of good lots of good gear inside it too and, mm-hmm. and a little mm-hmm. bit of beer inside it too probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a good fisherman. Mm-hmm. He was a damn good fisherman. He liked entertaining. He built that, that really nice screened-in area on the back of the house so he could sit there and just enjoy the bush and the quiet. He was kind of ahead of his time, Bruce, in so many ways. He was He was a thinker. I don't know if people realize that about him. He was a good teacher and everything, but um, when he put his mind to something, he just did it. Didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, he was a good guy to be around. Any, uh, other than almost finding the still, any other uh, (laughs) trouble that you guys might have got tangled up in? He was a good friend. I bailed Vic out a couple of times. I wouldn't want to talk about it. Uh, on radio and things like that, but God damn it, Vic bailed me out a couple of times too. So, and thanks to you, Vic Lowen, for that. So you guys did get in a couple dust-ups, you just can't tell me about them? I, I reckon that's a good way to do it. <laughs> well, you know, we're, you, I knew him for 40 years, and we taught together for 30 years. You can't, you can't go through that much time without something happening to you. Surely you've got some bruises by now, Bruce. Haven't you? I've I've got a number of things that I'm not interested in talking about on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Same as, right? Same as. How about if we just wrap it up here, that he was a community guy. I mean, he was the president of the curling club for a little while, was very involved with the golf club, uh, did lots of coaching. So, I mean, I I feel he he moved down south, which happens with lots of people, and still traveled like mad, which he really liked to do, especially Mm -hmm. once Diane was gone. But, I mean, he put a lot of time and effort into our community to make Thompson a good place. Sure he did. Without a doubt. He was a good person. Yep. Absolutely. So this is it? That's it. That's fine. If you think of anything else, phone me back. Okay. I'll think hard, Bruce. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Guy Hansen, a friend of the Snow Day podcast. Vic was a part of the Snow Day podcast crew's lives in one way or another for a very long time, and we all have some memories of him. Stephen DeGroote, 
We're going to start with you. What do you remember? He was actually my coach for the, we did that um, Artie Parker day. He was our curling coach and um, we actually won that year. Uh, so he wasn't just a teacher and, and tolerated me, but actually we uh, we collaborated in a sports event. Vic Lowen was a, an absolute all-around uh, great guy, right? Always, always kind of even keel and kind and just easygoing, right? Because when I think about it, I realized I had a problem with almost every teacher in high school. And even the ones I liked, I had a problem with them once in a while. <laughs> Whatever, I wasn't the easiest uh, the kid to get along with. <laughs> and now that I think about it, when I think about running into Vic uh, in the high school when he was there, <laughs> that was my, my dig to, to Vic, which I'm sure you'd appreciate, it was that I never had a problem with him. And I think that actually speaks a lot to his kind demeanor and his easygoingness, that even keel, kind, consistent person that I never had a problem with in high school, which is actually the highest compliment. He was an easy guy to get along with. I'm sure you don't have as many as your dad, but Leslie Hansen, memories? Am I the only one of the four of us that never had him as a teacher? Definitely. Because I did not. Oh, I assume Steve didn't because that's why I didn't have a problem with him. (laughs) (laughs) My memories of of Vic Lowen are from much younger. Vic and my father had classrooms side by side for many, many years. Uh, When I was a child growing up, my brother and I were very close in age to Andrea and Vanessa so, you know, my dad and Vic were like buddies. They both had young families and they we socialized a lot. Like I remember being eight, 10 years old and, you know, we'd be over there for dinner. Or they'd be at our place for dinner and we were always kind of hanging out. And so my memories of Vic are, are like, you know, those sort of warm childhood memories you have of your friends, parents who are, you know, like this kind of cool, friendly authority figure and, uh, you know, that's uh, it's kind of just a nice, warm memory from from my childhood. That picture, Lester, that Andrea just sent us of our three families out at our cottage, actually, at Studio P. All of us kids sort of sitting on a couch and Vic and Diane were, yeah. the, were the photo people. So the photo came from them and uh, we looked like the happiest bunch of kids you've Wasn't, ever seen. Yeah. It, that was, it Isn't was that an picture. incredible photo? I like when she said that the other day, I just about fell off my chair. Like it just, it, it almost looks fake. Like every, everyone, like it's just a, a really, really great photo. That was, we're, yeah, like we're under, we're under a blanket memory. and we're reading comics. It looks like it's been professionally posed in a studio by a director or something. Cause it almost looks too good to be true. But yeah, that was a nice, uh, a nice memory. I was actually fortunate enough to see Vic, uh, not long ago. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, maybe about six weeks ago, I got to see him and I hadn't seen Vic in like 20, 25 years. So it was really nice to, you know, catch up a little bit and share some laughs. He was his same, you know, bubbly, you know, big smile, chuckling, uh, uh, warm guy that I remembered. And so that was nice. I'm, I'm glad that that, uh, that that happened. That's what I'm thinking today as we, uh, as we remember and share thoughts of Vic. My story has a lot of the same arc as yours does, Les. I, Andrea let me know that uh, that she was in Winnipeg and in Steinbach. So I went out to Steinbach and saw Vic the last time that he was in the hospital, so just a couple of weeks ago. And we had an amazing visit. I only had sort of an hour, hour and a half to catch up with him. And, and they knew that uh, that he was pretty sick at the time, but he was feeling great that morning. And it was kind of a neat 
thing for me because just like you, Lester, my first memories of Vic are our families being together and they're, yeah, they're, they're the parents that are kind of hanging out. And uh, then this sort of all came full circle to where I got to go have a visit with Vic where we were two adults talking. We were talking about what's going on in Thompson right now and some of our mutual friends, some of the old, you know, teachers that were in Thompson. And he was still curious about, you know, what's going on with the pool. He was upset about the pool, just like everybody else is. And uh, and just had a really, we had a really wonderful time and and uh, a really great visit there. So I was, I was thankful for that. And it was kind of neat how our relationship has changed over time and and our families my mom and diane were absolutely best friends all their lives and so our families spent a lot of time together and vic is one of those people that bounced in and out of my life in a whole bunch of different capacities so first he was that the person on the other (laughs) at the big table when we all got together for christmas dinner which we did with their families for years and years and years we used to go caroling with them, get together and sing. Vic didn't know how bad a singer I was. There was a few times he was like, okay, we're going to hit a major seventh here. I'm like, Vic, I haven't got a clue what you are talking about. He sponsored me as a junior golfer. So it was Vic that taught me how to golf, basically. My dad wasn't much of a, a golfer. And the one year... I remember that, Bruce. I remember that. You needed to have a, a member sponsor you. So Vic sponsored a number of of juniors. And, and a couple times a year, he would take you out for a round and showed us you know, the etiquette of the course and, and how to get around and those kind of things. So that was uh, another sort of way I got to know him. Then a teacher, then as a badminton coach, which is, again, a little bit different role. And I mean, I've realized now uh, more than I did then just how much time Vic put into that. As as a coach this year, I mean, organizing a couple trips a year is a big deal. We did a lot of badminton trips. And I mean, George can attest to that. We did a lot of trips. Vic put in a lot of hours as our coach and, and sort of went the extra mile for us. Now, I think there was a little... Uh, uh, oftentimes the Brandon trip coincided with some golf for Vic, which, <laughs> which was handy, I think for him, <laughs> it was, that was the, the time of the year when you couldn't golf here, but often the courses were open down there. So it was weird is there was always room for his sticks, but, uh, the other little, uh, the little funny story from, from one of those Brandon trips. And I, I think I can tell it Vic liked to, uh, to have a good time. And now that he's gone, we, we went down one time and my uncle lived there. He got wrapped up with my uncle one evening, and uh, we had a school vehicle. My Wong and I were there with him, visiting, and we had to drive home <laughs> from this. From this, it was fantastic. He was in the back seat. I had my learners, and Wong was uh, Wong was in the shotgun seat, and uh, we were just having the time of our lives. We caught some drive-through and did a cruise around Brandon. So another kind of fun time, special memory getting there, and then uh, I Vic. I mean, obviously was around when our kids were born, which was really special to us. He helped us buy one of our first cars for a while after he retired. He was kind of a a used car salesman. So we got some family pricing on that and a pedal boat and a canoe that are are still out of the cottage. So I just feel like in a whole bunch of capacities, Vic and I were never, I mean, we never, you know, hung out for a whole weekend or anything like that, but he was a part of our lives. And and like you say, always in a a way watching out for us and... uh, always a warm welcome and and happy to see us our family spend so much time together so uh yeah absolutely i'm gonna miss him and i was glad that i got a chance to spend a little bit of time with him sort of right at the end but but to know him in all those different capacities george alvarez just like the rest of us you knew vic in a few different ways what you got man yeah i've been thinking about this when you told me that this happened you know i was obviously a bit saddened and then i realized i ended up having some intense vic lowing years and i didn't even realize it and, and this is how the story goes. As you mentioned, he was uh, our badminton coach. 
and I actually learned how to drop. He was an amazing dropper. That's what he, I remember. He did have a, a, a yep. very good drop shot, and we were a young bucks that just wanted to like smash as much as possible. So he sort of taught me the subtle game, and then he was one of the few teachers in high school. And I don't know, Bruce, if you remember this, but it was at the time where they started to have advanced. They called it advanced math, yeah. organic chemistry. So Vic Lowen ended up teaching a lot of u of m curriculum courses in high school so he did uh organic chemistry so he actually i did a lot of university courses with vic lowen in high school and i think one of the things that i appreciate about him is you know i, I was a fucking smart ass uh <laughs> but i was smart and i was good in school and he recognized that and he gave me a couple of pieces of advice before i go on about the vic store <laughs> the vic lowen <laughs> legacy and he kind of said that. He goes, you know, George, uh, I can tell you're a smart guy and you're going to do well, but that smart-ass attitude is not going to last forever. And he sort of was telling me, you know, you got to tone it down. Uh, lots of people in this high school give you latitude because of what a good student you are, but you got to tone it down. And I think that was sort of his basic phenotype. Like, it's okay to be smart every once in a while. And he was actually very appreciative of all the practical jokes we used to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, no Bruce, kidding. if you remember all the practical jokes we used to do, and he thought they were quite funny. So, you know, he gave me that too. He said, and he knew right away that I wanted to be a doctor. He said, you know, George, it's weird you don't golf because uh, what doctor doesn't golf? <laughs> so I had never golfed really until med school, and it was because Vic Lowen said, you kind of have to take up golfing because you're a doctor. Like, you know, it's sort of the funny stereotype. So I ended up taking um, golf up because of him. And I don't know how many people know this. Vic Lohan was actually a medical reference of mine. So when I got into med school, I needed references. And I asked Vic Lohan for one. So I'm not sure if even you guys know this. For So for a period of time, Vic was pretty important. In fact, when I'd come back home all those times during university and even in med school... I'd go see Vic Lowen. Like, I'd go to my, his house by myself sometimes. And, I, and, you know, Andrea, I hope you're hearing this. I knew that it would annoy you that I would show up unannounced. <laughs> <laughs> but I would show up because sort of pay a little bit of homage to him, to, you know, to thank him for the, you know, the little bit of gas that he put into my tank and that he was always, uh, you know, on my side, thought I could, you know, you're a small town boy, you're going to make it, you're a smart guy. Of course, you're going to become med school. And he was a medical school reference. So, you know, I was really appreciative of that. So I would say for a period of six or seven years, arguably he was a fairly influential person in my life, like as an adult that was not a member of my family. So for that, I'll always be uh, grateful. And then the last time I saw Vic Lowen, actually, I think I was with Steve at uh, the Artie Parker 1988 class reunion. Oh, yeah. Vic was there. And I, th- and, and, and I, spent a, I, f- I spent a fair amount of time talking to him and I was actually thanking him and reminiscing and telling these similar stories, and it was good to see him. I actually took care of his wife at the Health Sciences Center. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, it was very surreal for me when she was at the Health Sciences Center that he's the guy that helped me get into med school, and then I took care of Diane, and, uh, you know, uh, before she passed away. So that, that was, a, for me, a very weird arc. Like, like rewarding but strange. Yeah, right? rewarding but strange. I started to reflect. Actually, Vic Lowen was probably a bigger deal in my life than I probably realized until you sort of brought it up. George, I I did not have uh, any idea that he was so impactful in your life, and that's uh, that's really cool. It's really cool. Audience development. Todd Todd Harwood is part of the Snow Day podcast family. He's great with 
social media. He's not so good with audio, so he texted in these memories of Vic. I feel like Mr. Lowen was still working at RDPC when I got hired, though we may need to fact check that one. I started in September 2001. I was working at RDPC and coaching the badminton team. I understood he coached badminton back in the day. This would have been prior to my playing badminton at RDPC, as he never coached me. I don't recall if this was when he was retired or when he was leaving Thompson, but he tracked me down. The main reason was to give me these two badminton rackets. He described them as really great rackets, top of the line. When I saw them, they weren't what I would call top of the line. Maybe 20 years ago, they would have been top of the line. They weren't wood, but they were likely from the same era. He had stories about the various tournaments and Norman games they had been used in. I took the rackets and thanked him. These rackets are now in active service on the cart at Deerwood School. During the time he was telling badminton stories, he talked about flying to Lynn Lake. I thought that was an absolutely crazy story. I was struggling to pay for buses, and back in the day, they were flying. Not the greatest story of all time, but it was fun for me to get a history of RDPC badminton from Mr. Lowen. Hello, hello? Guy. Yes? Something strange happened there. No, that was me. I was trying to do another phone call at the same time. I shouldn't have been. Buy, buying an outboard motor? <laughs> so I'm back talking to Guy Hansen. A few more thoughts on Vic Lowen. And Vic was a very avid golfer. I loved being at the golf course. And I think loved every part of being at the golf course, from hanging out in the clubhouse to to golfing and uh, and just being out there. So, Guy, are you a golfer? Uh, somewhat. I try. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's actually pretty grim, but I still enjoy the enjoy the walk, eh? When you're talking about golfing, Vic did love his golfing. Maybe he loved his golfing a little too much because uh, when the season would be kind of winding down in Thompson every year in the fall, uh, the teachers would take off and go to Winnipeg for SAG, for the special area group, so the math teachers learned how to teach the new math, which is really not new, and the science teachers the same. And uh, I don't know how this worked out, but there was always a set of golf clubs in the back of Vic's car. You know, the rumors would come back to Thompson. You know, that damn loan, he didn't go to his session. She just went golfing again, and there'd be a board member out, you know, trying to find out the facts. And, well, I don't know. I wasn't with Vic that day. And, uh, well, I guess we can let it go for this year. And then next year, <laughs> again, again, again. <laughs> Vic, used to, uh, Vic used to also short the district a little bit. And that's not a fair thing to say, because he put so much effort into everything else. But uh, if he happened to have a spare at the end of the day, there's no damn way he stayed in Hardy Parker to correct tests and things like that. He was out on the golf course in the open. Uh, no bones about it. Come and get me if you want. And uh, it was always a gray area. So apart from a lot of mumble, 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 it, it was tolerated. Just interesting. You know, a man and his... A man in his sport, his life, eh? A man in his passion. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe it is a bit of a gray area because he put a lot of great students through Artie Parker, so oh, maybe sure. we weren't worse for the wear. Sure, who cares, eh? He always, <laughs> he always had everything prepared, so. You know, and and, and that's, what, that's what makes a, a good teacher a good teacher, is a little spark of interest someplace else in their lives. You, know, you don't want to just sit there in front of a machine or a screen. So there you go. I'm I'm glad you brought up the story. It's a it's a beauty, and it's something that I had uh, forgot about a little bit. But for sure, it was uh, 
kind of an elephant in the room, so it's it's good that we well, got it straight from the horses. Too, then, eh? Oh yeah, I I think I, I don't know how much anybody really knew about it, but for sure it was sort of a well, a rumor or something that bounced around. The spares at the end of the day, I had heard the sag, I hadn't, but uh, but I, I I love that we've uh, we've got to the bottom of that mystery. Okay. <laughs> okay. You take care. Have you a good too. afternoon. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. My mom, Dolores, is part of the Snow Day podcast family. She's the conscience of the pod. She lets us know every time we've had a little too much swearing in an episode. She's looking at you, Leslie Hansen. She was lifelong best friends with Diane Lowen and has forgotten more memories of Vic and Diane than all the rest of us have put together. She only shared one today, but it wraps in golf and our families and is a nice little story about Vic. Here it is. It's from a visit when Lowens were out at our place, and my parents and Vic and Diane had very close anniversaries, so they often celebrated their anniversaries together. Michael was 11 or so and had picked a lot of lost golf balls at the course that summer, cleaned and categorized them in egg cartons, and came out to show Vic the good ones. Vic duly admired them and very kindly offered to buy a dozen. Mike knew they were actually Vic's own lost balls because of the brand they were, but he kept a straight face and completed the sale, feeling pretty smug. I would guess Vic also recognized his own golf balls and knew he was buying them back, but with a serious face, offered Mike a fair price for them, and it was a deal made. With the deal done, we all had a good chuckle. Pretty sweet sale for producer Mike. My sister, Shannon B. Son, is the secret weapon. She helps out with every episode, but we never hear her voice. This is very important to her, so today, we do. There are friends, there is family, and there are the friends that become family. And to me, the Lowens are family. Uh, I think that became really obvious as we were cleaning out my grandmother's house, and I was looking at old pictures, and I just saw how intertwined our two families were, how many of our important memories involved the Lowen family. Uh, all the special occasions, all those things, grandmas were there, parents were together. We were family, and I guess that's what Vic was to me. Um, their their door on Riverside Drive was always open. The wood stove was always warm. I think Christmas. When I think of Vic, I think Christmas. Uh, so many Christmas memories involve us sitting around that dining room table, Diane in her apron and Vic there, the consummate host with drinks and snacks and ready to, ready to host us all. And, and not, not only did he host us warmly, but Vic always was the king of the newest gadget or the newest trend. I think probably the first time anybody in our family had seen a deep fried turkey, it was it was Vic who was making the deep fried turkey, and he was always so proud to show us that he had dis made this new discovery or this great new technique he'd had. And he was always so happy to, to show those things off to us and, and explain how he'd done them. And as he'd bring that turkey to the big table where Vanessa and I would most of the time be... Um, sharing the piano bench as a chair. Then we would look over to the, to in front of the, the picture window where there would be this Christmas tree. And Vic's Christmas trees were always just a little nicer than the rest of ours. Anybody who grew up in Thompson has this recollection of going out to the bush to cut your own tree. And in the bush, those trees were amazing. They always looked like the per picture-perfect Christmas tree, a television Christmas tree. And then you get it home and it looks a little bit more like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Now, 
I can't say with 100% certainty this happened, but I have my suspicion that on occasion, a few extra branches and perhaps an electric drill were involved in getting Vic's Christmas tree being that beautiful tree. But that beautiful tree is so much a part of my memories and of who who Vic is to me. After the dinner, we'd head downstairs to the rec room where, you know, there was games and more snacks and more food. And we would roller skate around that pool table. Again, the consummate host, we're, we're playing pool, we're doing these things. Everybody always felt welcome in the Lowen household. And, and I think that, I guess, is my fondest and strongest memory of Vic. Now, my memories are of these very wholesome family parties, family get-togethers, but Vic hosted some other parties that maybe I wasn't invited to, and Diane and the girls maybe came and slept at 160 Centennial East some of those times, these men's curling bond spills. I think they were a little bit like Vegas, like what happened at those men's parties stayed at those men's parties, but I have fond memories of Diane and the girls coming and us having this really special weekend at our place, uh, a girls' sleepover weekend. So yeah, I mean, Vic was many things to me. He was my friend's dad, he was my teacher, he was my coach, but for the most part, Vic was family. When I told Andrea I couldn't make it to the celebration of life, she said, wherever you are, put on some Willie Nelson, and raise a glass to Vic. So wherever you are, to Vic. Little things I should have said and done I just never took the time But you were always on my mind You were always on You were always on my mind You were always on my mind